Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it is our desire to win definitively um, where potentially controversial calls are less significant. Um, that's what good teams do. That's what elite teams do. It's our desire to be a good and elite team uh, so that we're not as flimsy and and, and become a component of some debatable calls and things of that nature. I acknowledge that what it was some of that um, in the game, but it's some of that in, in most games, to be quite honest with you, things that are capable of being reviewed or, or, or assessed in that way. Um, I like to focus my energies on the things that are within our control, the quality of our execution, and I think when you do that definitively, it makes those discussions much relevant. And I think that's the point that I want to make to our football team moving forward. And Chuck Knoll always used to say, sometimes you have to overcome the refs. Even the refs. Even the refs appear to be poised at times to undo you, to undo the game, what have you. And I know Deontay Johnson went off and said some things too. And uh, <laughs> By the way, Max, did you happen to see Mark Caboli in the background? And Caboli. With the with the raised eyebrows and everything, when the Deontay was lighting it up in there. Yes, yeah, exactly. That was that was pretty pretty funny. Yeah, Caboli yeah. has no poker face anymore. No, no poker. <laughs> no yeah, poker, poker face, Caboli. There you go. Yeah. Oh, love yeah. it. Okay, so but you understand what I'm saying though. Even Chuck Knoll, Chuck Knoll used to address the fact that yeah, the the officials are human, and a lot of times if and he always used to say this, if a team's playing well, it's almost like the officials kind of side with that team playing well, and will do things or make calls that that are beneficial to them, because it's human nature. Now I never understood human nature that good. <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? But the fact is, yes, you do have to overcome refs. Yes, you do have to overcome many times yourself during the course of a game to get things righted. Well, I mean, naturally. I mean, that that that's that's a human experience. That's human that that's human nature, right? You always gravitate towards the positive versus the negative. Right. And you know, and I and I hear Mike T and listen, listen. That is how a head coach is supposed to be. Uh, but man, it is tough when you get the haves and the have-nots, and you're on the have-not <laughs> side of things. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's like the Blues Brothers song, a Wish Sandwich, Rubber Biscuit. Yes. You know, Rubber Biscuit, Wish yes, Sandwich. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's tough when you, hey, you know, it's like those Christmas movies, right? You, you see, you, you know, you, you see, you see the kid. Now, the, wait a minute, Tommy, you watch Hallmark Christmas movies? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, so do absolutely. I. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was about to say, don't 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 come on here acting hard. Oh, rough and tough. I, I, I wear my tank top and my T-bird Camaro. You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Stonewashed Jordache <laughs> jeans on. Comb in the back pocket. No. On my way home from the gym after a gun day, you know? Sun's yeah, exactly. Out, out, baby. That's right. Yeah, I, I just uh, buys and tries, buys and tries. Curls for the girls. No. There you uh, go. <laughs> but. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I think we have another crisis. Oh, jeez, not today. I oh, mean, uh, yes. we're five minutes into the friggin' show. We got, it was so funny. I think Max laughed out his Comrex. Well, Max, if you can still hear us, we can't hear you. Yeah, so, so that's the course of time. But here's here's oh, the thing goodness. that we're talking about. And you know what? What's so, so dadgum disgusting about it? We're having a good time there, you know? <laughs> it always, t- always happens when you're having a good time. Yeah, it always, it just drops. You know, just right out of nowhere, boom, it goes out. But the fact of the matter was, Chuck Dole was very serious about it when he said, sometimes you have to overcome the refs. And I think Mike Tomlin right there gave his explicit a um, definitional type of uh, a definition of what Mike, uh, what the, what uh, Mike Tomlin, uh, I'm sorry, Chuck Dole was talking about. Yeah, Zooks, man. I'm like trying to f- figure out where Sticking we're going. Sticking gremlins throwing us off early in the morning. I mean, jeez, Louise. Oh, it's terrible. I but... hope this isn't setting up for uh, oh. when we have labs on in about 55 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> so. Some issues. But, you know, that's the thing because now you, you've got to move on. But at the same time, you understand. I was looking. I, I watched that, that uh, hit on Kenny over and over. And Adam Gotsis, what a lot of people are forgetting, too, is that Adam Gotsis is 300 pounds and 6'4". Um Keanu Neal is uh, six foot and two twelve. There's a big difference between Keanu Neal knocking down Trevor Lawrence, all two hundred twenty pounds of Trevor Lawrence, okay, and landing on his knees and not, you know, torquing him or crushing him or anything like that. And Adam Gotsis uh, torquing Kenny by, you know, jacking with his left arm. He had it wrapped around Kenny and just drilled him into the ground. There's a big difference there. A, a swing of uh, almost ninety pounds. Yeah, there is, and I think that's the – listen, you and I – I mean, I know you and Max especially. I'm the I'm the youngest of the three of us. I'm the one who didn't play in the national – spoiler alert, I'm the one who didn't play in the NFL. You didn't? Here. How, how heavy are you? Oh, like 100, one t- 155 pounds. <laughs> I'm 155, all right. Maybe if I grow the hair long, I can push 160. We – I don't think any of us were screaming about the pass interference calls in just a vacuum. We're looking at okay. You set the tone early We're with that call. We're talking roughing or passing. Oh, roughing the passer. Okay, Sorry yes. if I said that. If I said that wrong, I, I James Beer had a grief. some grief on that too. I don't. I, I'm Jack Lambert. I don't yeah. want the quarterbacks wearing skirts. Yeah. But when you set that precedent early in the game, you have to you have to at least be consistent with it. I know it's frustrating because throughout the course of each game, what constitutes roughing the passer feels like it changes. You know, each right. crew has their own different interpretation of it, and that can be frustrating on its own. 
Sometimes you see them, they can tee off on these guys, and they hardly ever call it. Other times they they tap them on the shoulder, and, and it gets called, you know? Um, but throughout the course of 60 minutes, you have to be consistent. Well, that's the whole deal. You know? It's, yeah. It's, it's like the referee that's that's not calling hand checks in basketball the whole game, and then you get to the last three minutes, and all of a sudden they start calling everything ticky-tack. Like, just be consistent throughout the course of the game. We know every crew is going to be different, but you can't be different in 60 minutes. That's the more frustrating thing to me. I didn't think any of those QB hits constituted a flag. I didn't but they only, But they only threw one, and it was on maybe the tamest of all of them. That's the frustrating part. You, you want the consistency over the 60-minute game. There's no question, and that's uh, that's uh, you know guys get aggrieved because you know if you get different levels of what you can do, you know based on which uniform you're wearing, sure. you're going to create a whole lot of problems, you know, and that's just it's it is frustrating. I know that I, I I go back to I got four holding calls in one game. All right, now none of none of the the, the my the hand positions i had were outside now, hold on. i was gonna say of those pads. four how many did you actually deserve no i i will tell you i, I know when i've deserved some hey when when terry bradshaw was with terry bradshaw's last game against the new york jets in 1983 december 15th right they ran a twist stunt and you got abdul salam coming around the corner from the new york sack exchange i tackled him i, I flat out it was the worst most Blatant <laughs> holding, not even holding, right? everything. You know, I mean, giving them the business. You name it, and I, I knew that. I knew I deserved that. And by the way, it was so funny because I didn't get to, I didn't get a flag. Did you know? No, it was, was amazing. Most egregious one of your career. And they, was, didn't, and they didn't call. It him. was the most egregious holding slash tackling personal foul. Anything you could have like had a half a dozen different flags on that one play, right? <laughs> I, I jumped on his back and hit You get and up tackle. and you look around and you're like, all right, no yellow laundry. But, How about but, that? Well, the amazing thing was we, we landed at the feet of Bradshaw. The referee, you know, is back there. And he's looking. And I, I know it's done. And, 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 and Salam gets up. He's screaming at me. You know, you're a dog. This is a, and then all of a sudden we notice there's no flag. Because I know I'm going to get flagged. There's no flag. And, I turn and then to he's my more go, angry at the refs than he is you all of a sudden. I, I turn and I go, hey. Hey, said, hey, bud, every dog has its day. Today's mine. Woof. <laughs> oh, that was the that was one of the best moments in my career was, That's was that moment. That's when great. There was no flag when gonna, I knew. We'll have to do a wolf cast episode in the off season and tell, we'll that, that, tell that full we'll story, tell that story and go into detail. That again, was beautiful. You, throughout the course of a 60-minute game that plays out over three hours, there's there's going to be a decision, a call that frustrates you in every single game on both sidelines. But I think the one thing that you can reasonably ask for is just consistency. Well, that's and, it. And if, you, if you're going to call roughing the passer, call roughing the passer. If you're going to let the defensive backs play and not call pass interference, do that for 60 minutes. You know, uh, if you whatever the case may be, whatever the individual kind of, you know, up to the discrepancy of the official might be. Be consistent about it for 60 minutes. Don't call it one way in the first quarter and then differently in the third quarter. That's what really frustrates you as an athlete, as a coach, as a fan, for you know, for anyone involved. Right you are. And what did Mike say in his press conference last week? We have to understand the tenor of the officials, where they're going with it. Well, you can't understand if, the, if the, you keep changing or moving the goalposts, so to speak. You know, I mean, it's really difficult to be able to say, all right, I can – 
You know, I can knock the quarterback down, but I, I, I can't even come close to landing on him. Oh, I can knock him down, and not only can I knock him down, but I can torque him a little bit as long as I don't land on him. So now you've got these different levels of what is and what isn't roughing, and you've got one coach saying, so "I can't land on him, but I can I can right, whiplash him a little right, bit." Right, and you got you got a coach that you have to understand the tenor or what the referees are doing by making these calls, and that was with the taunting last week, right? And then, you know, it was so funny because I was watching a film from the game, and I was watching some of these guys. One of the, you know, a player from the other team, you know, last week's game. You know, he's he gives a little little shoulder butt. You know, one of the Steelers going by. I know they're going, boy, they looked an awful lot like taunting, you know, but not, no call. It's, so it's interesting to me. Regardless, I know it's not it's not copacetic to whine about stuff like that. You know, I, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that in that sense, but still trying to understand if the referees are, are setting and establishing a baseline and then they change that baseline during the course of the game, understand that Kenny didn't get hit once. It was a good three times he took some accurations, right? Yep. So when you are constantly changing what level of degree of intensity that pass rush can you know, pulverize Kenny, um, hello. Now the other thing is we got to be a little better at pass protection. Sure. You got to do sure. that. You know, you got to man up and you got to be able to do it, and they'll, they'll do it. I, I still believe in these guys. I know they can do it. I've seen it. They've done it before. If they've done it before, they can do it again. And I look for this to happen. But at the same time, I also, you know, get a little bit aggrieved at the official because when you start <laughs> doing that sort of stuff, now you're really making things very uncertain for the players. No, you are. And, th- and that's what I said. Uh, you know, again, it's the, the, the tenor thing from Mike Tomlin a week ago is spot on. Every officiating crew is going to be different. Some are going to let you play. Some are going to call everything. Some are going to be somewhere in between. You, but you just want to know that for the course of 60 minutes. That's That, I think, is the more frustrating part to me than just the even the individual calls. Is if you're going to call it one way, call it one way for 60 minutes. Don't change your mind in the second quarter. You know, that's, that's the part that, that exactly. aggravates me. But there's a lot, like you mentioned, there's a lot of things in that game I think that aggravate you even more. Like the protection from the offensive line, like the fact that your defense got three turnovers and you weren't able to take advantage of of any of them. You know, there's there's a lot to uh, there's a lot of meat in the bone on the bone in terms of uh, frustration from that one on Sunday afternoon. Well, there is, and and again, is is Max coming back? Not yet. Okay, he told me he's having internet problems at the house. Oh, I hate hate when this happens. But because one thing I want to do for sure, because he made the statement yesterday that it was the line judge on the side of. Over, uh, over, uh, uh, what's the names uh, on on their side on Jacksonville? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the guy makes the call from there. How do you make the call on the right guard from on the other side of the field? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the center's head is down and in the way. I don't see how there was some of that too. Was it KZ who was called for the pass interference that kept the Jacksonville drive alive or defensive James holding? James Pierre. Yeah, that flag was thrown by by the back official. 20, almost, 20 almost yards five away. five seconds after the play was concluded. It's like he was looking at the ref who was right there and was like, you going to throw it? You going to throw it? You going to throw it? All right, I'll throw it. And, like, it's not your decision yeah, to make. I don't understand. Yeah, that, again, that was, this This was the worst officiating I've seen, uh, I think, all year thus far, I would have to say. The inconsistency yeah. of the group. I, You know, it's not like they're all terrible or anything like that, but they were very inconsistent in what they were uh, putting out there and so when you establish those baseline levels then you create the uncertainty for players to be able to perform and go about their jobs you got real issues and real problems and so for me you know again I don't know what the solution is whether it's 
you know, full-time referee and stuff like that uh, or better training. I, I don't know that, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of it. You know what I mean? But those guys, and they he, needed to up, upgrade their game. And, you know, Wolf, that's the frustrating part because, all right, can I be cynical for a second with you? Oh, no. We're not, we don't do cynicism around here. <laughs> Go right ahead, The solution friend. is so simple, right, for a multi-billion dollar entertainment business like the NFL. And that is to have full-time referees and, and to really, this is your job to get it right. You have the same performance standards that we that we expect from coaching staffs and from athletes, and, and right, where you're evaluated, you're signed to a contract, you're evaluated, you, you can be retained, you can be extended, you can be let go, like everybody else that is in, involved with the league. Right? It's, a, it's a performance, you know, results matter. You hear that from head coaches all the time, right? Results in this league matter. It's a performance-based business. Make that the same case for the officials. I don't know if there needs, you know, there's always outcry for, well, the officials should have to do press conferences after the games too. I I don't know if I'm there yet. Yeah, no. I, I, I You know, I, I don't know if I'm there yet, but I, I do think there can be some more performance standards, certainly. Here comes the cynical part, though. We're, we're, we're sitting here talking about this all week. They're talking about on – remember a few years ago in the NFC Championship game when there was that controversial no-pass interference between the Rams and the Saints down in New Orleans in the, mm-hmm. in the NFC Championship yeah. game like five years ago? Yeah. That conversation dominated airwaves for a week. You don't think the NFL likes that? Because you know what sells? <laughs> Drama and controversy. So right. the NFL has the money. The oh, NFL, you are so cynical. The us. NFL – well, tell, okay, you can tell me if I'm wrong. The NFL has the money. The NFL has the power. The NFL has the resources – to have a drastic uptick in officiating performance and quality. Maybe they just don't want to because it's all part of that entertainment ecosystem that, but, that is the National oh, Football League. Now, now that, oh. even if I put on a tinfoil cap and like I, I, I start bleeding conspiracy theories into this thing, do I think I, I can't see that because that's a negative. That's really more of a negative. Hey, there's no such thing as bad press, Wolf. <laughs> what are you, P.T. Barnum now, huh? <laughs> just spell my name correct. <laughs> I just listen. It's just the cynical side of me. I mean, think of what was that—the replacement refs year, right? When the refs went on strike, that was eleven, twelve years ago. We've been we've been moaning and complaining about officiating for how through that through the interference stuff through the through the what's 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 pass interference and what's not, and now we're going to review it, and now we're not, and what's roughing the passer and what's not. They could put. They've got the money, the resources, the power to end all of that. I think I think it's part of the, the the jig, and much unlike Renegade and Sticks, the jig is not up in that regard quite yet. <laughs> in fact, it's what's best for business. Well, I remember when 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 uh, when the NFL replay first came in, and everybody was like, "Oh, you know," and and everyone was saying, "Well, the whole thing is to get it right." And Chuck said, "I'll never forget." Chuck said, "But what if it doesn't?" <laughs> you know, which that was that's a very astute. Uh, you know, perception by Chuck. What if it doesn't? What if it leads to more controversy, more, more controversy, conjecture, more delays, longer, more delays, longer yes. games? And the further you get away from human interaction and controlling the action, so to speak, now you got major problems. And, and now the thought that it can go to all the way to New York, where you got some guy, you know, with 47 camera angles, is looking at <laughs> with something. A on, yeah, yeah, some Poindexter sitting there going, wow, here we go. We got 147 camera angles, looking at it from each and every angle, and slow it down so that it's barely at a crawl. You know, then you make a judgment. It, 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 it just oh, it makes you like want to have a Howie Mandel moment. 
You know what I mean? Just like smack your head and ram into the wall. It's a lot of moving parts. <laughs> and I, like I said, it no, are you talking about my brain? It all <laughs> Or a, or, or, or a lack there. of moving parts there, maybe. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break because we got to find our Max. Where's Max? That's what we're going to do. Coming up <laughs> next in the segment, we got Where's Maximilian? Back after this. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, back inside the locker room. That's right. This voice you're hearing is Max Starks. I am actually back for this segment. Gotta love all of technology and its, its wonderment. And uh, yeah, so we are doing this by heck or high water. That <laughs> <laughs> boy. Did y'all hear that ding? Did y'all hear a ding on your on your end? No, I didn't hear a ding. There's no good. ding. Good, good, because that that's internet support that's supposed to be helping me right now because <laughs> all the Wi-Fi is down in my house. <laughs> There's no dinging going on here. I can tell you that. Yeah, okay, good, good, good. So, I know nothing of what happened after after my great uh, commentary. <laughs> but, but yeah, please fill me in, Wolf. Oh, please fill me in. You know, here's the, you know, we just went on and discussed everything. The one thing I wanted to get straight was, you said the line judge on the Jacksonville sidelines made the call on Isaac Suomala, who was at right guard, Though he plays yeah. left guard, he moved over to right guard. And you got Nate uh, Herbig comes in and he plays, he's, he lines up at left guard. So yes. if that's so, how did that official, we still haven't got it figured out, how he sees across the line. And you've got uh, Christian Kuntz, his head is down while he's snapping the ball. You know, his head's yeah. out there over the ball and everything else. How do you see the, uh, you know, Isaac Somalo there? I mean, I don't see that. I don't know how he does that. Yeah. yeah, listen. That 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 is the that is the conundrum, Wolf. That is the conundrum, and you know it's one of those things that it, it, it's it's first of all it's one of the most impossible things to judge that you could look and see Christian Koontz, whose head is down, right. ball is out, right, 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 and you can tell that. The right guard who's covered up by everybody else on the line, his helmet is breaking the back tip of the football on the point of down position. That is because tip to tip is, quote unquote, that neutral zone. Exactly. I I, I don't get it, and I don't know why they upheld it. It was such a stupid rule. And it was put in there, um, you know, to, to 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 try and deter people from the tush push, right? Okay. Yep. That's why that's why that rule was was in place. And 
it, it, it's it's mind boggling to me that they could call that on a field goal. You know, Danny Smith looked to me and said, Max, in my 29 years of doing specials, I've never had that foul called on me. So I don't understand what it is. And I'm like, Danny, I've been I, I I've been around pro football for twenty years and I don't know how that call got called. <laughs> exactly. So you know, yeah. Max, you look at that and, and and if you're looking at Isaac Suomalo somehow, how did you miss the Jaguars defender with his hand completely across the line? You know, it wasn't just his head, it's his hand. Yeah, exactly. And my thing is, you're focused on the wrong thing. That's all, that's the only justification I can get. Yeah. Like, you were just beelined in on black helmets and black jerseys at that point. Must be. And and you you did not see any of the Jaguar stuff. That's amazing. Because, I mean, and I know at the end, and we talked about it yesterday, the, 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 the fouls eventually evened out but when you're so lopsided in the first half it feels like makeups after that i got you and it it did even out essentially with you know the number of flags and the yardage but the problem is when they're thrown and what they affect you know it's like the butterfly effect you know, you throw, yes. you know, you got that, that, that field goal and, you, and all of a sudden, you know, you move back five yards, you miss that kick. And then, you know, you, you don't have that, like that extra juice going into halftime and, and things just go downhill on you. I don't know, man. I mean, there's again, it, yardage and number of them. I, I get it in essence, what, uh, what they're saying, but it's, it's when they're thrown and the, how critical that moment was that was just taken away from you. Yeah, I mean, because here's here's my thing, Wolf. It's, you know, I look at it and I'm like, okay, you call that one on Trevor Lawrence. You prolong their drive. Right. And eventually karma does come back to haunt you, right? Okay. Because we get the turnover. Yep. But you let Kenny get drilled three times, and on the third time, because you didn't say anything, Kenny now gets injured and is out the game because it wasn't deterred early enough. Right. If one of those previous two hits gets called, then maybe we don't get that third hit that takes Kenny out with True. the rib injury. True. You know, and so that's where I have a problem with. And then at the end of the half, you take points off the board. There's yeah. something different about going into the halftime down three then down six with jaguars getting the ball in the first drive of the third quarter right right Mm -hmm. it's a different mentality different process and so those two things create a snowball effect for what was to come now listen is it the jaguars were driving and they they were settling for field goals they throw throw an interception in the end zone I get that part of it, mm-hmm. but they have momentum on their side when a lot of that when a lot of that carry, and that's where it's a frustration with how a referee can dictate the outcome of a game by being so involved in it. Have you ever tried to explain your way to you know <laughs> of a call with a referee? 
I tried on my, my monolithic game when I tied Mike Webster for the all-time number of holding calls in a single game with four. My, poor Mike, he had a similar situation happen on Monday Night Football against the Raiders. But everybody was up in arms again because it was Mike Webster. Like, he couldn't have done that. You know, that's not right. And and I agree with that because, you know, Mike Webster would get hold of the, you know, the, the chest plate on a defender and he would lock up. He had such strong hands and arms, well, strong all over. He could slam you to the ground, you know, but he would keep his hands within the framework. And I, it was crazy that the, this one official was just all over. But for me, yeah, I kind of, uh, though my, my hands were within the framework of the body, I, I, can't, I can understand you want to, <laughs> if if you want to get technical about it. But, the you know, the fact is when you try to talk to your refs, you, you end up antagonizing the situation because there's no way you're going to keep your juice down enough to have a amicable conversation after a couple of penalties. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. All propriety goes right out the window. I mean, I, you know, once you get to the ref, because in your mind you're thinking, excuse me, sir, who's an authority figure, yeah. I would like to have a conversation with you about the previous foul, which was which was laid upon me. And my desire to acquit myself of all this. <laughs> In reality, it comes out, I can't believe you did that. Why did you do that to me? <laughs> and then, yeah. So it sounds good in your head, but, you know, adrenaline, testosterone, and everything else kind of gets in the way of a clear, conscious conversation. <laughs> yes, it does. You know, I remember another one. We, there was, there, we were playing Houston, and there was a number of us that got flagged and fined for uh, – Entering the fighting zone, fighting and everything else. It was this whole thing. And we actually, Chuck actually was backing us. And we went to the commissioner and appealed. And we had Joe Brown, who was the vice president of whatever at that time back in the day. He listened to us. And Chuck made the presentation complete with film and everything else. And in 60 seconds or less, he denied our claim or our appeal. You know what I mean? It's like it's deaf ears. Once they they call it, it's done. It's like it's like there's no there's nowhere to go with it. You know, and it's just it gets yeah. frustrating. Well, well, trust trust me. Listen, when we used to get those FedEx envelopes delivered oh. to the facility weekly. Oh man, back in 08. Yeah, <laughs> you remember oh, that? <laughs> wow. Hey, you go to the game Sunday, and then Monday you just see a stack of FedEx envelopes waiting to get placed on players player in players' lockers. <laughs> just expecting the worst. That was the height of the no fun league, <laughs> and it was just, it was just, you, you can't breathe on them. And God, God bless the guy who was on, who was on the jumbotron leading the terrible towel twirl, because the NFL had him marked as 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 like the FBI's most wanted list, enemy number one <laughs> for the entire league was James Harrison. Oh yeah, we, we we would play guess the fine. You know, yes, fine. <laughs> yeah, that's unbelievable, so, man. I mean, yeah. So yeah, so so I, I've seen bad refing and you know experienced those moments, and you know, good teams overcome overcome them, which we did eventually. But it was just it was, but it's frustrating that you have to fight seventeen versus just eleven guys on the field. And, and last time I checked, well, the fighting zone is the white lines. Once you cross into them, it is the, it is the gla- gladiators in the arena. 
Yeah, well, they, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> they somehow they had this arbitrary fighting zone that that if you entered, you were part of the melee, whether you actually threw a punch or not. And it's kind of, it's like, it's like that's bogus because where does it begin? You know? And yeah, I, exactly. And if I to put my toes across that line, does that that mean I'm in? Or if I'm in and swinging, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? That's just the way it goes. I, I'll never forget though. The best one was Tunch against Cleveland. <laughs> he took a he took a swing at Michael Dean Perry, who ducked at the last second, and Tunch went over the top of him, and he got he got a fine for fighting. And 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 Pinky, you know uh, Rogers Freivogel, the equipment guy. You remember him? Right. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, Raj. Yeah, Raj. Raj goes to Tunch. He goes, you know, you should appeal this fine because you didn't actually make contact, and then you could take the money and use it for boxing lessons. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's another story that will have to go into the podcast hey, in the offseason. Hey, hey. So, so, you, so you mean that that, that that the shadow boxing aspect of it has real boxing in it? Is that what you're telling me? No, I said I had to box. It's like it's a shadow. <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> he came with that, that overhand right. <laughs> Oh, it was funny. I'm sorry. I'm like losing my mind now. Just remembering the moment. There's so much. Chaluch got me in so much trouble because he was always getting in trouble, and I always had his back. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. You are a good friend. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think I was just one of those guys that, I don't know what they call it, uh, you know, just aiding and abetting. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, you were like uh you were like jeremy renner in the town wolf remember that scene <laughs> ben affleck comes in and he's like i need your help you can't ask me about it we're never gonna talk about it again and we're gonna hurt some people and you just look yeah. at him hey, whose car was taken <laughs> there you go hey, hey listen up so hey especially with the old line it's like listen what one, one fight we all fight i mean that's, <laughs> that's the mantra you mess with the bull you get the horns that's right. Hey, listen, all of us are equally yoked in this moment, guys. I hate to tell you that. I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm just remembering things now. that Comical situations, and, you know, I guess they just are better left un, un, untold. Maybe we better go to break yeah. here. Yeah, we, we should go to break. All right, because we'll, we'll, we'll sit. I can feel it. I can feel it brewing. All right. Hey, you're a such a locker room. We'll be here on SNR. We'll be back in a minute. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, he played 59 of 71 defensive snaps. Only Pat Pete played more than this guy, and that would be, of course, Joey Porter Jr., who... uh, Got to say this, you know, he has really stepped up, Max. He has been increasing his snap count week in, week out, and he's responded. There was a back-to-back couple of plays he had last weekend where 
He uh, he had a PBU, I think it was, and then the guy got inside on a slant route and he made a great tackle uh, to to hold him short on a third down of the of the first down marker. That was a great job by him. This young man is really starting to come on. Yeah, he's had a couple instances with the run game. I know that on a couple of times last week he got caught on the, you know in, in the stack position near the line of scrimmage and got hooked, but. The fact of the matter is this young man is really doing some good things, and, and we're going to see more playing time because right now Mike Tomlin is acknowledging that he's moving into the starting role. Well, and I think I think it's appropriate. <clears throat> this was this is the goal. When you drafted Joey Porter 32nd overall, you were anticipating that he would take on a starting role. Now, I also I know that you know we also had uh, Corey Trice Jr., who we were also expecting to have right. Some- some input this season, but unfortunately the young man got injured in training camp. Um, and we would, I mean, we would have had twin towers at the, uh, at the DB position um, that could run and were athletic. And so that was the goal. That was the goal. And we're moving closer towards it. And I thought Joey over the last two weeks has really acquitted himself. Well, you know, I, I know we talked about the one missed tackle on the edge on the outside, right. you know, in the LA game, but I feel like he's more than made up for that. And when you're thinking about, you know, the interception picked off in the end zone um, against the Ravens and just his ball awareness and right. his ability to stick with receivers, he he's, he's, he's done a really good job. And I'm glad to see him getting more opportunities because I feel like it's going to be an asset for us. Well, there's no question. Look, Levi Wallace is still a quality corner. All right. I mean, you know, you take a look at that Pat Pete, the ability for him to be able to move around now, move to the inside and and. Um, play some of that nickel. Uh, that's going to create more depth, more ability. Um, so I, and again, yeah, uh, what what uh, he's been able to do. That being, uh, Joey Jr. has been to become come up big in the big moments. You know that interception in the end zone a couple weeks ago, um, making some open field tackles and everything like that. And the coverage capabilities. His that wingspan is just amazing. You know, I mean, I, I, I could like to see him play basketball because I know he's a tremendous athlete. But, uh, you know, that wingspan, he's, he, he could, I imagine he can do a lot of work above the rim. Yeah, I mean, I mean, pterodactyl arms, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yes. He's just, yeah, I mean, so, that, but, but that's what the new age defensive back looks like. And that's what I think, you know, you're trying to get. And, you know, I know that, you know, it came out of necessity because of Levi Wallace um, being out of the game on Sunday. Right, right. But, you know, once again, you know, one one, one man's uh, misfortune is another man's fortune. True. True word. And, and so, you know, I think it was a blessing in disguise. Now you have to figure how to keep Joey Porter on the field once, once everything is all clean and healthy, you know, with Levi – now you have, you know, and Terrell also said this, you know, what, last year at training camp, I need three defensive backs so I can have two. Right. Absolutely. No question about it. You, you got you got three defensive backs now. So now you have at least two. Good point by you. All right. Let's, let's open up the phone lines here because we got sarcastic Sword checking in the locker room. Sword, how are you, buddy? Pretty good, guys. Thanks for letting me in. Uh, you know, they got killed by the 49ers in Houston. They were the best teams on the field that day. This one, 
kind of a toss up. It's one that was kind of handed to us on a platter and, and, and we let it go. If you watch the Jacksonville players leave the field at halftime after that penalty call, I mean, they were jubilant. They were dancing and high-fiving. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like they had already won the game. So the emotional shift, let alone the points, uh, the absence of those points uh, was was quite a difference. As far as officiating, uh, here's the thing that bothers a, a lot of people. Uh, you know, you got challenges, so you're basically challenging uh, the placement of the ball, if if a pass is completed or not, or if the guy was out of bounds, everything else the the officials are infallible on. That, that, they're telling you we make mistakes. You can challenge these things, but everything else you cannot. My suggestion, I have two suggestions. Years ago, I mentioned to Stan, God bless him, of adding another challenge flag that could be used for anything, not just those things that I just mentioned. Any call on the field, you could throw your flag and challenge, i.e. a pass interference call or that offsides call on the line mm. there. You could call, you could, you could challenge anything one time. Or there's some, we're watching this thing and within 10 seconds, you know, Noel, God bless him, uh, remember how, how long it took to get instant replay back in them days, to get the review on the screen took minutes. Now, within seconds, we're seeing a play from five different angles while, while the referee is going through this drama of running across the field to look in some box and taking 10 minutes to do it when the whole world has seen the play and the ball come out of the guy's hands or that guy not touch that guy. Uh, what I'm saying is, and it might have started last night. I, I watched that, that the, the, the Ra Raiders game, and, and in the first half, two flags were thrown and they were picked up immediately and said, no call. It's almost like someone saying, uh, review that thing quickly. We've seen this, so nullify that. And you could expand that by having an official who's tied into somebody who sees what the, what the people at home are seeing. That ball came out. You don't have to take five minutes to decide that just immediately. Uh, you know, wave your hands and say, you know, pick up the flag. There was no call, especially on pass interference. That changes a game like no other play other than a fumble maybe or, or a flub punt when there's an interference call uh, that, that takes up 60 yards in, in a crucial time and turns a game around in a matter of seconds. Those calls should be able to be reviewed by somebody and an official should be allowed to come in and wave his arms saying there was no interference, uh, you know, after after looking at it. You don't even have to say after looking at it. Just wave your arms quickly within 15 seconds. That was not a foul, period, and go on from there. It wouldn't take any more time than we're taking for this drama of, of running across the field and looking into a box for five minutes. That's a joke. Everyone else has already seen what that guy's looking at, and we've already decided that ball came out, or that was a touchdown, or that was an incomplete pass. Am well, I frustrated? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I can, I can a, sense the frustration was, oozing out of you. <laughs> that was a tough loss to, to swallow yes, there, guys. It was. Uh, anyways, to be continued, turn the page, another chapter, and I'm still reading a book. Love it.
That's it, Sword. Right. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, brother. As always, clear-minded, Thank concise, you. making sense, which is uh, completely opposite from yours truly. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, let's go to break because we got Bob Labriola coming up here. So I think it's it's about time we get ourselves out of here. Go pay some bills, as you like to say, Max. And we'll have more from the locker room, Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, back after this. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 